You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. We've seen just about everything from Ukraine, uh, but this is a first. Russian troops raiding, looting uh, some sort of seven-day store slash gas station. Here they are rolling up in their armored vehicle, jumping out. They're not filling up. They're going in for snacks and supplies. Uh, There they go into the store, and they're helping themselves to just about everything. This is, uh, well, if it's not a war crime, it certainly is frowned upon. Uh, Just a small taste of warfare right now in Ukraine. Also this good old-fashioned bombing, a major industrial plant hit by Russian aircraft and uh, systemically took that place out uh, one hangar at a time. It looked like one building at a time. Joe Biden goes there tomorrow to the region at least. Will he make a difference? Probably not. We will be watching. Back here in America, in Washington, D.C., the confirmation hearings continued for Judge Jackson, and they tried to make her feel right at home. Uh, this This really is like play school. That's what it looks like and feels like to me, the way some of these guys, Republicans and Democrats, are treating her. Welcome again to our committee. I got home last night about 8 o'clock. The first thing I heard was my wife's opinion that you did very good in your opening statement. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) She didn't have anything to say about my statement. (laughs) Also, uh, besides the fact that we might have some votes on the United States Senate, just so you know I'm not being rude to you, I may have to go across the hall to the Finance Committee on some issues with tariffs. You're not being rude. You're being embarrassingly uh, obsequious. All right. A little bit too deferential, a little bit of a suck up. A lot of you guys. And uh, it continued. Congratulations. Uh, Well-deserved honor here. Uh, You have worked hard all your life and um, you have much to be proud of. I could not stop being just joyous that you were sitting in my office and I couldn't stop bringing up to you the historical nature of this. Forgive me, I grew up in a small black church where I was taught uh, to make a joyous noise unto the Lord. And this is not a normal day for America. We have never had this moment before. And I just wanna talk about uh, the joy. It was a normal day. You are not a normal person in my book, making too much, too much of this. And uh, by the way, you can butter Judge Jackson up all you want. Uh, She's not going to play. All right. She's evasive and cagey about even the little things. 
How would you feel about cameras in the courtroom, uh, which um, about 40, 50 or 40 or 45 of our states allow? Well, Senator, I would want to uh, discuss with the other justices their views and, and understand all of the various um, potential issues related to cameras in the courtroom before I took a position on it. Why in the world would you call Secretary of Defense Rumsfeld and George W. Bush war criminals in a legal filing? It seems so out of character for you. Senator, you may have been talk. Are you talking about briefs that I or habeas petitions that talk, I filed? Talking about when you were representing a member of the Taliban, you referred to the Secretary of Defense and the sitting President of the United States as war criminals. Why would you do something like that? It seems so out of character. Well, Senator, I don't remember that particular reference, and I um, was representing my clients and making arguments. Um, I'd, I'd have to take a look at what you what you meant. I did not um, intend to disparage the president or the the secretary of defense. Yeah, she just called them war criminals. It's not about what he meant. It's about what you meant. Anyway, she's evasive. All right, she's cagey. They all are. Bring in the firepower. Bring in Ted Cruz. You disclose that you are similarly on a board, specifically the board of trustees for the Georgetown Day School, and that you've been a board member since 2019 and you're currently still a board member. If you look at the Georgetown Day School's curriculum, it is filled and overflowing with critical race theory. They include literally stacks and stacks of books, and I'll tell you two of the ones that were most stunning. They include a book called Anti-Racist Baby uh, by I Ibram Kendi. And there are portions of this book that, that, that I find really quite remarkable. One portion of the book says babies are taught to be racist or anti-racist. There is no neutrality. Another portion of the book, they recommend to babies confess when being racist. Now, this is a book that is taught at Georgetown Day School to students in pre-K through second grade, so four through seven years old. Um, do, do you agree with this book that is being taught with kids that, that babies are racist? Senator. I do not believe that any child should be made to feel as though they are racist or though they are not valued or though they are less than, that they are victims, that they are oppressors. I don't believe in any of that. All right. Well, that's what the books that she's sanctioning at the school where she's a board member, that's what those books are doing, that woke literature. It's terrible, terrible stuff. And Ted Cruz had to go there because Ted Cruz, I like him, but on the internet, man, they're always attacking him. In fact, for this, they said, it appears that the prospect of having a black woman on the Supreme Court has broken Ted Cruz. That's how out of line they said he was. He can take it. He's used to it. Um, when Republicans get aggressive on a Democrat, especially a black Democrat, watch out, okay? But when it's the other way around, Fair game. 
It's beautiful and it's celebrated. Remember Kamala versus Kavanaugh? Are you saying that it's too difficult to question or it's a question you can't answer, which is whether you agree with the statement that there was blame on both sides? We can move on, but are you saying you cannot answer that simple, pretty simple question? Are you saying that with all that you remember, you have an impeccable memory. You've been speaking for almost eight hours, I think more, with this committee about all sorts of things you remember. Yeah. How can you not remember whether or not you had a conversation, anyone aside from fellow judges? About Bob Mueller? About his investigation, sir. I'll ask again. But so I asked the question just a minute ago. I'm surprised you forgot. I'll move on. Okay. Clearly, you're not going to answer the question. I'm asking your opinion. I, you're the nominee right now, and so it, it is probative right. of your ability to serve on the highest court in our land. So I'm asking you a very specific question. Either you're willing to answer or not, and if you're not willing to answer it, we can move on. No, oh, the contempt, the condescension. And they loved it. The fake news loved it. Headline after headline. Ooh, stars. She's stars in Kavanaugh hearing. What else? Oh, goes viral grilling Kavanaugh. This helped make her vice president, by the way. Kamala Harris leads a Democrat revolt as Kavanaugh hearings begin. Um, yeah, Democrats across the board had a lot of fun with that one. In other words, that, that July 1st reference to skis went over for skis. That's Bruce skis, correct? And after Tobin, sir, sir, I just need a yes or no. That brewski's right. Well, I need to explain in context. Uh, you just said, sir, that you drank on weekdays. That's all I was looking for. Well, no, if I may, if I may, uh, ask, if I may ask the next question, sir. You know, lawyers um, should be working off of common terms and understand the words that we're using. I think that's a pretty basic principle among lawyers. Wouldn't you agree? Did the word Ralph? You used in your yearbook. I already, said, I already answered the alcohol. question. If you're, yeah, yeah. Did it relate to alcohol? I like you beer. Have that. I like beer. I don't know if you, okay. do, do you like beer, Senator, or not. Um, what do you like to drink? Next one. Uh, was there ever a time when you drank so much that you couldn't remember what happened or part of what happened the night before? I, I, no. Could you answer the question, Judge? I just so you that's not happened. Is that your answer? Yeah, and I'm curious if you have. <laughs> I have no drinking problem, Judge. Yeah, nor do I. Okay, thank you. It was a disgusting spectacle. Absolutely disgusting. Yet they were applauded. They were applauded for it. Some of them even started presidential campaigns. Democrats make their stand at Kavanaugh confirmation hearing. Democrats grilling Kavanaugh have their eyes on 2020, you see? Kavanaugh confirmation fight rallies Democrats to the resistance. Now, Hey, look, this is what's going on culturally right now. It's okay to beat up on the white guy, not on the black woman. I mean, I hate to put it in those terms, but those are exactly the terms that they're thinking in. Okay, here's proof. He's just a white word. guy. He doesn't matter. <laughs> you don't get the man's plane right now, Mark. <laughs> and I'm the white guy in the panel to say that, so I'll shut up now. I'm asking for trouble here because here I am, an old, old white guy talking about race relations. A lot of white people don't understand the depth of this. When we start talking about issues around race and racism, sometimes white people need to just listen. But you're a mean, mad white man. You did it wrong. You, of course you I did. To do that with I'm a white guy from Queens. That's it, right? Just a white guy, huh? I may be a millionaire and I can point out my skin color and get away with it because I am secure in my power. Shut up, folks. You don't speak for, you don't speak for anybody but yourselves, but you pretend that you do. All right, white, not hot. Black, hot.
Legacy. This is a gathering of powerful black women, business owners, activists. I wanted to uplift, encourage, and celebrate all of the beautiful black queens and kings that continue to inspire me and inspire the whole world. I always try to come with black excellence. Yes. And black men are beautiful. Black men are magnificent. Black men are innovators. I mean, you have Kamala Harris, this bold, brilliant, beautiful black woman, HBCU graduate. And uh, I made the mistake of reading Barack Obama's recent book about himself. And when it comes to his view of, uh, well, black people, it's overwhelmingly uh, positive and sympathetic. 130 references to black people. It sticks out. I'm telling you, it's so conspicuous, 83% positive or sympathetic. When he writes about white people, however, 71% of the references are negative. It is absolutely astounding, and it is in black and white in the pages in his book. It does kind of make sense, right, where we are. We've all seen it on the news. We were told that riots in the name of Black Lives Matter were good, were peaceful protests for social and racial justice. And what did we see politicians do? They took a knee, they knelt for, well, I don't know what those cloths they were wearing signified, but a lot of them were kneeling in honor of George Floyd. And George Floyd should not have died that day, but George Floyd was a career criminal and uh, did a lot of bad things, yet he's a hero. There are statues in his honor. So he's a bad guy. And then in walks um, the judge, Judge Brown Jackson. Now she's a genuine woman of accomplishment. So if George Floyd, who's basically a degenerate and is a hero, what, what is she? She's a demigod. I mean, this is how warped things are right now. And you have to treat her like an angel or else you'll get the Ted Cruz treatment. Not everybody is built like Ted Cruz. Not everybody can handle the criticism. So there are very few people as brave as he is willing to take the incoming. This all leads, this kind of, I'll call it cowardice actually, to scenes like this. Uh, Just a couple of days ago when in Austin school, a bunch of children uh, having gay pride week in the school. Gay pride week. It's a real thing at a public school in Austin, Texas. Because why don't why don't people speak out about something like this? Well, you don't want to be called a homophobe because then you're a racist and then you're a lot of things that you're and nobody wants to be canceled. So just put your head down and let your kid march in the parade. Fat chance. It's not happening. And by the way, you may be seeing more of this. And it's the wokest place on earth, Disney. What is happening with that company? We all love Disney, right? Mickey Mouse and the rest, no big deal. Space Mountain, all that good stuff. They've gone woke and they're getting woker and it's so strange. You know about that legislation in Florida that will make it law of the state to not sexualize children, to only teach certain subjects related to sex at the appropriate age and inform parents at key moments? It's totally reasonable. Here's Governor DeSantis defending it against a a fake news reporter. Does it say that in the bill? Does it say that in the bill? I'm asking you to tell me what's in the bill because you are pushing false narratives. It doesn't matter what critics say. It says it bans classroom instruction on sexual identity and gender orientation. For who? 
for, for grades pre-K through three. So five-year-olds, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds. And um, the idea that you wouldn't be honest about that and tell people what it actually says, it's why people don't trust people like you, because you peddle false narratives. Damn, he's good. He's good. And yes, they are pushing a lot of false narratives and people are falling for it. Let's go to the bill itself, what it actually says, all right? Notifying a student's parent if there is a change related to the student's mental, emotional, or physical health or well-being. Yeah, that should already be a law, actually. And reinforce the fundamental right of parents to make decisions regarding the upbringing and control of their children. How is this even controversial? And also this, prohibiting a school district from encouraging classroom discussion about sexual orientation or gender identity that is not age appropriate. So this is a reasonable bill. So what do they do? They run around lying about it. And the CEO of uh, uh, Disney, Bob there, well, he did. He came out against it, but he did not come out early enough against it. And that's why he's got a big problem uh, with his employees. He said on March 7th, I do not want anyone to mistake a lack of statement for a lack of support talking about the LGBTQ people in this company. As we have seen time and again, corporate statements do very little to change outcomes or minds. Instead, they are often weaponized by one side or the other to further divide and inflame. Now, one more from March 7th, and we'll talk. We all share the same goal of a more tolerant, respectful world. Where we may differ is in the tactics to get there. All right. Now, again, I don't know why he's weighing in, but he feels compelled to weigh in, and he did, and that's a slippery slope, okay, because certain radicals in his company or whatever, troublemakers, just people will always screw the boss if they can, (laughs) and they're doing that at Disney. Take a look. Uh, He had a backtrack uh, a couple of days later. He said, speaking to you, reading your messages, and meeting with you have helped me better understand how painful our silence was. Painful. You needed me to be a stronger ally in the fight for equal rights, and I let you down. I am so sorry. You gotta, re- you gotta learn from Trump. Don't apologize, especially not when you're wrong. You're the CEO of Disney. What are you doing, weighing in on these issues that clearly you don't understand? So the matter has gotten much worse, and his employees have gotten very, very bold, threatening all kinds of walkouts. So this week. More statements. Uh, We know the moment requires urgency and words are not enough. So we are taking some actions right now. Let's see. What are they going to do? Task force will be set up. We'll enlist the help of experts to develop a concrete plan to ensure Disney is a force for good for LGBTQ plus communities, especially children and family. All right. Why are they talking about kids? Hmm? Why are they talking about kids? Now, there's talk about actually rearranging their programming, making it more gay-friendly for children. For gay children, stay the hell out of it. What would Walt Disney have to say about any of this stuff? And, oh, yes, people are walking off the job. Gay, 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 gay. That's what they're chanting. Various employees in their Burbank facility. They have offices all over the world. No one's happy here. The employees, the customers, the consumers. And I don't think the CEO, Bob Chappick, is doing very well. So get this for new Disney films. They're trying to, well, put all kinds of 
gay figures in them and they want to introduce a lesbian kiss into the next Buzz Lightyear movie and this is the character who's going to smooch somebody. I mean, it's all, it should be all irrelevant, especially for kids in my opinion. All right, stay with us. Donald Trump was sued by Stormy Daniels four years ago. Do you remember it? It was huge news at the time. Guess what? He has totally and completely won. Stormy Daniels owes him $300,000. Not a peep from any of these people. Be right back. Real heroes. Real conflict. Real threats. Real heart. Now, there's a place America gets its news. Newsmax, we're real news for real people. Millions are turning off the old channels and switching to Newsmax, the fastest growing cable news channel in America. No agenda, no spin, just the facts. Millions watch us, so can you. Newsmax, we are real news for real people. All, All I, can I can say. say is, is that, that the, the fake, fake news just doesn't, doesn't get it, do they? <laughs> and the fake news, they blew it again. Remember how they propped up Stormy Daniels? They pushed that story big time. You remember her allegations and then that ridiculous lawsuit against a sitting president of the United States, and they championed it. They championed her. She has lost completely and barely a word from the fake news. She is ordered to pay Trump. Nearly $300,000 for his trouble. So we'll cover all attorney's fees, costs, and sanctions. Um, the Ninth Circuit issued a final ruling upholding an earlier a lower court's order. This is a full and complete victory. And no one's talking about it. But boy, when she, when she waged that lawsuit initially, the fake news was all over it. Porn star Stormy Daniels is suing President Trump. Porn star Stormy Daniels suing President Trump. The porn star, the president, and the payoff. And while it certainly reads at first like a salacious gossip headline, the questions being raised are potentially serious. Stormy Daniels, you know, just totally normal. Again, a president being sued by a porn star over an illegal payment days before the election that could have affected the outcome. Porn star is suing the president of the United States. It's a moment that I think we all need to stop and recognize how outrageous that is. It's outrageous how you all handled it and how you're not handling it now. $300,000 she must pay to the president. Where are the panel discussions? Where are the breaking news headlines, right? You, you made a huge deal out of it on the other end. This is classic fake news. The, when you're exonerated, it's always a small headline, if a headline at all. And Stormy Daniels is the one who was represented by that other media darling. Remember him, Michael Avenatti? Yeah, she teamed up with him. I had grave doubts about her story all along. Number one, when she said this, I knew she was a fake. Take a look. I felt intimidated and honestly bullied, and I didn't know what to do, and so I signed it. Even though I had repeatedly expressed that I wouldn't break the agreement, but I was not comfortable lying. How do we know you're telling the truth? Because uh, I have no reason to lie. Really? That very night, I watched 60 Minutes, and I thought, who is this woman? I need to know more about this. And on her website, it had her tour, Donald Trump's mistress, come see me strip, Stormy Daniels, making Atlanta great again. You get it, the presidential theme, right? She was off and running to make money, 
And there was also something else in that interview, something wrong, quite frankly, with her eyes. They were huge black eyes that uh, if you're under light, your eyes aren't that big. I don't know if she was under the influence or what, but something is not right with that woman. And the interview itself was a disgrace. Anderson Cooper, he's the most prestigious guy on the most prestigious show. Quite frankly, he acted like a dirtbag. You work in an industry where condom use is, a, is an issue. Did, did he use a condom? A condom. Was a condom involved? Nobody talked about this that night or the next day. That just seemed like a reasonable question. A condom. I remembered another moment when that question was asked. It was a very different environment, a very different time, 1992. Who remembers Jennifer Flowers and her alleged affair with then-candidate for president Bill Clinton? It was a huge, huge story. It looked like it would derail the, pre the candidacy of Bill Clinton. They had a big press conference. And watch what happens. He told me to just deny it. Governor Clinton used a condom? Jesus. Right here. Right here. gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to put this to a stop if there are any further questions that are degrading, in my opinion. All hell broke loose, right? Yelling, screaming, laughing. He called that degrading, and it was a degrading question. It was uttered by a guy named Stuttering John. He was a sidekick at the time for Howard Stern, the uh, the shock jock, who's become quite the interviewer lately. Um so there's John, and now we have Anderson Cooper asking the same question, okay? In 1992, he was almost arrested and kicked out of the building. Uh, in 2018, Anderson Cooper on the most prestigious show in television news. America is sliding backwards big time. Have to talk about this for a moment. Um, the Hunter laptop, we've been through that. It's, it's real, and it's amazing how the fake news has just turned their back on it. They refuse to look at it. Something's wrong with these Biden children. I'm sorry. Hunter can't keep track of his laptop, and Ashley Biden can't keep track of her diary. Have you heard about this? The FBI has been banging on doors in the middle of the night looking for people who know how or what happened to Ashley Biden's diary. Yeah, a diary. This is high school stuff. But the New York Times is now looking into it. Not so much what the diary says or what it might say about Joe. And it does say some interesting things about Joe. It's, it's all about who had this diary and were laws broken to get it. Uh, and the federal government is involved. Uh, take a look. Project Veritas, you know those guys, employed deception rather than traditional journalistic techniques in the way it approached Ms. Biden. They were trying to verify if it was true or not. Project Veritas's lawyers had long instructed its operatives at encouraging or incentivizing sources to steal documents or items could ensnare the group in a crime. They didn't steal anything, I think. To steal, uh, Let's see, how could Project Veritas, best known for its undercover sting operations, be sure it was not a victim of its own deceptive tactics? You see, again, it's, it's all about... Who got this diary? It must be against the law. Somebody must have broken the law to get the diary, but nothing about what's inside the diary. 
I actually read it. I'm going to tell you something about it in a moment. But nobody asks these kinds of questions. When Rachel Maddow showed up on national news holding Donald Trump's tax returns, which legally she's not entitled to possess. That's not her property. She's breaking the law. Maybe right there. Who gave them to her? How? Nobody wants to know. No major New York Times expose on that. Although the New York Times actually later got a, a whole treasure trove of tax documents related to the Trump family. And they did the longest, most boring, going nowhere story about it, trying to catch Trump in something, but it didn't work. Um, no one's doing a follow-up on how did they get those documents. Probably came from Mary Trump, by the way. That's what we think. So look, back to Ashley Biden. I do, I have uh, sympathy for her. She had some addiction issues. I know a lot of people have had some. Me too. Uh, what else? Her struggles here. Uh, look, it's probably tough being the daughter of a vice president. Probably has a lot of perks too. All right. In the diary, she writes that, well, Joe may have been inappropriate with her growing up. I'll just leave it at that. Inappropriate. Not more real explicit than that. Just inappropriate. We've all seen Joe be appropriate with children, inappropriate with children. We have. Now, was that relevant during the campaign? I didn't write the diary. I didn't procure the diary. <laughs> but maybe that was relevant in the campaign, given that she's saying Joe's inappropriate with me as a child, and we see Joe inappropriate with children time and time again. See, Joe is a very strange guy. Joe became a big person, a big shot, all the way back in 1972. He was 29 years old. Becoming a senator when you're not even old enough to be a senator, that's a big deal. Joe was elected the same year Richard Nixon was reelected to his second term in office. And life in America was much different back then. I mean, the FBI, the IRS, Republicans and Democrats alike used that agency, those agencies, to get at their enemies. I have this theory that Joe Biden stopped growing emotionally, intellectually, when he was 29 years old, because he thought he had made it. Why really break a sweat anymore? That's the only reason why I, I think he still talks like this. A lot of people talked like this back in the early 1970s, but then America grew up, but Joe didn't. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. You cannot go to a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. So my, I'm not joking. But I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. Might have worked, might have worked in some parts of the country in 1972. Not today. Not today. All right, stay with us. Uh, you know about Leah Thomas. A lot of people don't like her. It's okay to not like her and what she's doing. Some swimmer at Virginia Tech didn't like her. She spoke out, we had her comments on. The woman interviewing her, holding the microphone, she has been essentially kicked off the internet because she's been covering this story from the vantage point of Leah's critics. That's not okay, according to Big Tech. We'll be right back with Savannah Hernandez. It's our America. We built it. 
courage, freedom. Millions go to Newsmax when they need to know. Start today on the free Newsmax app. Newsmax is real news for real people. Hey, this is... uh This is America, and it's still okay to uh, have opinions and express them, right? Maybe not. Leah Thomas, the trans swimmer, if you're not on her side, you're in trouble, at least according to big tech. It's amazing what they're pushing. Now, there are critics of Leah Thomas, and they're being silenced. You get a sense of it in this picture. Even some female swimmers, swimmers that she's been beating, are not happy with her presence in the pool. I want to show you this one clip from a, uh, a swimmer who goes to Virginia Tech and notice the person who's holding the microphone. That's Savannah Hernandez. Watch this exchange. As a result of this and a couple of other moments, Savannah has essentially been kicked off of Twitter. Take a look. Like I have a teammate who did not make finals today because she was just bumped out of finals. And it's heartbreaking to see someone who went through puberty as a male and has the body of a male be able to absolutely blow away the competition and you go into it with a mindset that you are you don't have a chance if that makes sense like it's hard to compete against someone with the aerobic capacity the muscle development the body of a man it, it's hard totally reasonable opinion savannah hernandez is the independent journalist who is holding the microphone and uh, recording that interview she joins us right now uh savannah welcome excellent work by the way we've been admiring it we've been using your sound Do I have this right, though? You've been kicked off of Twitter because of your facilitating statements like this. Yes. So I had several Antifa Twitter accounts that were targeting my account because apparently my footage was, quote, drumming up hate against Leah Thomas. Now, my footage was, again, interviews with the female athletes who actually had to compete with Thomas. It was interviews with the Save Women's Sports activists who were out front in uh, in front of the Georgia Tech Aquatic Center protesting Thomas swimming against female athletes. And my interviews were with the LGBTQ community who were pro-Leah Thomas, who have never even seen him standing next to a female competitor and saw the difference in stature in biology between Leah Thomas and female athletes. So I want to put up from Twitter, officially, your account has been suspended. Number one, first, is there a way for you to get it back or is it, are you, are you permanently banned like Donald Trump? I think I'm permanently banned, Greg, because this is actually my second account. Back in 2020, I had a bigger account of 122,000 followers. I was reporting extensively on BLM, on the riots. Donald Trump retweeted my footage. It went viral, got over 10 million views. So they suspended my account. So this was my my uh, podcast account that I was using to share my reporting. It's since been banned again. And also, Twitter has never given me a reason as to why they initially suspended my first account. I never broke any rules. I never had a prior suspension, but they deleted it because I was exposing BLM for rioting on the streets, for burning down our country. And then I was ex- I was showing that the Trump supporters that were at the Million MAGA March were being peaceful. What does this do to you, practically speaking, being off of Twitter? How is it going to harm you? So it's a big impact to my career. Back in 2020, I used to be on Fox News here on Newsmax all of the time. I was breaking news. I was showing people what's actually going on on the, the you know grounds of America. Now I'm not able to do that. I'm not able to show people the truth, the B-roll footage of what it looks like when a biological male is competing against female in, in women's sports. So this is just another example of how big tech is rewriting the narrative, how they are allowed to structure what our reality really is, and how they're allowed to dictate what 
what basic science is at this point. It's absolutely ridiculous. Again, I exposed the LGBTQ community for saying that women can have penises, that men can have periods and they can get pregnant. That's why they wanted this account taken down, because I exposed the left for their hypocrisy for not being based in science. And I exposed that people do not actually support Leah Thomas and that the masses are against him. You know, there's something else going on here. You getting kicked off of Twitter. This is going to, and I hate to say this, make certain conservatives a little bit timid about this issue who would yeah. perhaps be outspoken. Well, I don't want to be kicked off of Twitter. So they'll modify their arguments or possibly abandon it altogether. This is very bad stuff and dangerous. Um, look. You should come and talk to the people here at Newsmax, all right? I mean, I, I, I really encourage you to do so. I, I know some people. I can't actually do it, but uh, you're doing amazing work, and we can't let some jerk dweeb at Twitter, sorry, uh, derail uh, all your important work. Savannah Hernandez, how do we find you, apart from Twitter? There are some ways to still get you uh, through the Internet. Yes, Truth Social. All of my reporting will be on that platform. So go follow me over there at Sav Says if you can, or on Instagram at Sav with one N and my website, SavSaysOfficial.com, where I have since uploaded all of that banned news coverage. Please go share it because it's important that these NCAA athletes who put their entire swimming career on the line to speak out against Leah Thomas, it's so important that they are not silenced. Sav Says, uh, we'll check it out. Savannah R. Hernandez, thank you. Thank you for what you've done and thank you for being with us. We'll be right back. Information. Truth. Is freedom. Is Newsmax. It's real news for real people. Hey, look at this. Russian troops, are they about to fill up at a Ukrainian gas station? No, they're about to rob from a Ukrainian gas station and loot. Look at them. They go in, they take all the Russian or Ukrainian beef jerky candy they can get their hands on. Probably some beer as well. Who knows? Cash? You know, this kind of stuff uh, has been known to happen in war, but it's happening right now in Ukraine, committed by Russian troops. Uh, I'd like to bring in Fred Fleiss, senior fellow for the American First Policy Institute. Uh, Fred, welcome back. This does happen in war. A lot of people are not impressed, though, with how the Russian troops have been fighting, let alone acting during their uh, downtime. Is there a significance to this video? There is. Look, this shows lack of discipline, poor morale, poor leadership. And it's, it probably reflects the fact that the Russian army is relying on conscripts who could not get out of being drafted. And that's one reason why the Russians are losing. The, the quality of their troops are, is surprisingly low. I mean, this is something the U.S. Army would never tolerate. And I think as morale continues to deteriorate, and then there's supply lines. So these people may also be robbing this store because they, they don't have food. I mean, if they're stealing toilet paper, there's something wrong with supply lines. All right. Overall, by the way, I mean, where are we right now? Uh, stalemate. I, I hear they're real. Where are we? What's happening? Well, I've heard some experts say we may be at what's called a culminating point. The Russian army has achieved its maximum gains. And basically now they're pummeling cities, trying to terrorize them to get the 
uh, Ukrainians to come to the bargaining table and give Russia the best deal that it can, that the Russian army will not get much further unless there's a huge change, more troops, more weapons. They fix the supply line, they fix morale, and I don't think any of that's going to happen. All right. Hey, by the way, Vladimir Putin, uh, <laughs> that rally last week, that quite frankly, disgusting pro-war rally, and I'm told a lot of people didn't even know what it was when they were sent there. Putin himself, um, some people noticed his wardrobe. I know he's a rich man. Uh, he might have been flaunting it. Uh, the discerning eye, the fashionistas out there noted his coat was $13,000 from Laura Piana, $800 sneakers, a very fancy watch. Is this a surprise? I haven't seen him in this kind of casual attire is there significance to this, or is it just juicy gossip, or not much at all? Fortune magazine said in an article this week, he may be the world's richest man and worth $200 billion. So where did he get that money? Well, it's where all these oligarchs got it. They're former Soviet officials. They raped the country. They took over all the industries before democracy was set up, and now they're living on all this uh, all these industries and, and, and wealth that they stole from the Soviet Union. Putin was in the middle of this. That's where his wealth comes from. Fred, we appreciate it. Uh, finally, Joe Biden is going to Europe tomorrow, I believe. Uh, I feel like the White House, they're just kind of, you know, they're, they're, they're worried that he's going to fall down. They expectate, they just have to manage him. They just have to get him through the day. I don't think he can pull any rabbits out of the hat here. He won't. And they should worry, what is he going to say next that's going to make the situation worse? Please don't call Putin a war criminal again, Mr. President. That's not helping us. Fred Flight, senior fellow from the American First Policy Institute, also a veteran of the Trump administration's National Security Council. Thank you, sir. We'll be right back. Good to be here. A lot of things going on in the world. We've got a war. We've got that confirmation hearing. We can't forget January 6th and how so many people are being unfairly persecuted for not even hurting anybody or breaking anything on that day. And what about the role of our government? Did elements of our government facilitate what happened there? Well, here's the proof, actually. At least some of them did. That little cop. I still want to know, who is this person? Huh? Waving the crowd up to Capitol Hill, right this way. Yeah, come on up. How about the cops who stood there as the crowds came in on either side of the hall? There they are. Yep, no problem. Just walk on by. Who ordered them to do that? Hmm? Uh, what about 30 seconds before Ashley Babbitt was shot? Three police officers are guarding the House chamber. They're not being harmed. They're not being hurt in any way. But at that time, at that critical time, they decided to take a break. There they go. And then, yeah, all hell breaks loose. And here comes Michael Byrd with his gun. You'll see that in a moment. And Ashley Babbitt is shot and killed, even though she was not armed and posed no threat to anyone. How about the guy who desperately pleaded with cops to call for backup? Who was this guy, and why didn't the cops do anything? Call for backup. Where is your backup? This is our damn Capitol building, and y'all are letting it get destroyed on your watch. They just stood there. Very strange. And there's also something very strange about the cops who testified during the hearing, uh, the Trump-hating cops. Um, 
a lot of what they said did not hold up and questions needed to be asked. This is Officer Hodges from the Metropolitan Police Department summarizing his injuries from that day. The mob of terrorists were coordinating their efforts now, shouting heave, ho, as they synchronized, pushing their weight forward, crushing me further against the metal doorframe. The man in front of me grabbed my baton that I still held in my hands, and in my current state, I was unable to retain my weapon. He bashed me in the head and face with it, rupturing my lip and adding additional injury to my skull. At this point, I knew I couldn't sustain much more damage and remain upright. Oh, yeah? So less than 10 days later, you stood for numerous network interviews, and you looked totally fine. No trace of an injury. This is one bad news situation. A lot of fake news, too. Be right back. Real heroes. Real conflict. Real threats. Real heart. Now, there's a place America gets its news. No agenda. Just the facts. Newsmax. Real news for real people. Thanks again, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow night. Stinchfield, Grant Stinchfield is next.